0: The download is complete.
1: Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton.
0: Welcome to the AV Podcast, Movies Edition. In this episode, we've got the latest DVD and high-definition news... We review Doctor Who Season 2 on Region 2 DVD. And Snakes on a Plane, Region 1 DVD. Plus, the AV Play team discuss the films
1: and discs that they're most anticipating in 2007. From AV Play, it's this week's DVD and HD news and reviews.
2: So it's time for this week's DVD and High Definition News. And as always, I'm joined by Seth Gecko, And we thought it'd be interesting to kind of go through quickly the top tens for Region 1 DVDs. So we'll start there, Seth. What have we got?
3: Well, this week, uh, with the Region 1 DVD top ten list, we have at number ten Ice Age The Meltdown. At number nine, we have Barnyard. Eight, we have Fearless. Seven, we have Cars from Pixar. At number six, we have Little Miss Sunshine... Number five is The Devil Wears Prada. Number four is a movie called Step Up. Three is Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Number two is Invincible. And surprise, surprise, number one, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest.
2: Yeah, it's not really any kind of surprise what, what the top three would be. But I've got a funny feeling the rental top ten won't be the same as that. Is that
3: right? You'd be absolutely right there, Phil. In a very strange way, um, it has absolutely no reflection on the rentals and the DVD top sellers. Um, number three, we have Descent. Two is The Devil Wears Prada. And number one, believe it or not, Jackass, number two.
2: So what that's kind of saying is people are going to go out, rent Jackass, and then find out that you only need to watch it the ones.
3: Um, very much the case I feel on that one. What is interesting is the number three spot of Descent, the English horror movie, seems to be attracting a lot more rentals for people who want to go and see what the fuss is all about and see if it's their cup of tea and perhaps then they'll go and actually buy the film um, and make it a, a huge hit in the States as it was here.
2: So that's the uh, that, that's the top tens out of the way at the moment. We did try and find the HD DVD and Blu-ray top tens but there's so much conflicting information out there isn't there um, Seth regarding uh, what is actually selling various my web- website to website at the
3: moment. Indeed that is very much the case. I think it's a ca- uh, more a case of there's um, obviously the camps are trying to push their formats and so you do see a huge discrepancy in uh, the numbers of the titles and i suppose that there's also a, a, an element that with the playstation 3 bundled with talladega knights they're arguing that that is a major seller although it's not really being bought as a title in itself so that skews the data somewhat
2: yeah and we'll come back to the high definition uh, releases in a little while because first of all i want to talk about borat borat hits region one dvd on the 6th of march and uh, to give it its full title, it's Borat Cultural Learnings of America to make benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. The disc will be priced round about $29.98. So are you looking forward to this one, Seth?
3: Um, in a word, no. I I can't stand uh, Sacha Baron Cohen um, at, at all. Uh, I'd love to be able to say something really nice about him. I can't stand Ali G. I really couldn't stand Borat when he was on the TV shows um, and that fashion guy that he does as well, just grates on me, I'm afraid. So, no, not a title I'm going to be looking forward to. So, Oh, well,
2: I'll definitely have it. Uh, absolutely love Sasha Baron Cohen. The DVD features a Dolby 5.1 soundtrack in English, as always, but it also has a Russian Dolby surround with English and Spanish subtitles. I have a sneaky suspicion that's not um, going to be 100% accurate there. What do you think?
3: I think that it could be one huge gag track, um, similar, if you think about it, to the Mars Attacks Alien soundtrack.
2: Another bonus feature on the disc, five extended deleted scenes, deleted footage montage featuring never-before-seen clips, a publicity tour montage, including appearances at the Toronto Film Festival, Cannes, Comic-Con and others. So what else have we got coming out in the near future?
3: Well, one that I'm particularly interested in is the release of the movie Babel from Paramount Home Entertainment. And this is going to come out on the 20th of February, and it's going to have a price tag of about $30. Now, for people who don't know, this is the movie that Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett are in. And the whole idea of the movie is to show the ancient concept of Babel and question its modern-day implications, mistaken identities, misunderstanding and mischances for communication that other people you know, often s- sort of come into contact with but it's often unseen by a lot most people during their lives.
2: Yeah, that didn't make any sense whatsoever to me but I, I take it this
3: film's been getting some good critical acclaim. It has been making huge waves in terms of critical acclaim and reviews. Um, there are a lot of people saying that this is one of Brad Pitt's best roles for his acting um, which given some of the roles that he has chosen throughout his uh, career wouldn't take too much I, I still think that 7 is one of his best roles that just showed so so much depth so I am looking forward to this because they say that this is you know, the best he's been
2: and the disc looks like it's going to have an anamorphic uh, widescreen transfer and uh, English and French, Dolby Digital 5.1 so we'll keep an eye out for that and moving on to high definition we'll start with uh, Blu-ray's announcements recently And US Region A announcements for the 3rd of April include from Fox, Dude Where's My Car, The Fly from 1986, which will be a 50 gigabyte dual layer disc, me, myself and Irene, Christian and Isold. and from MGM we have Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Real titles to go out and make you buy into this format then? Basically,
3: not really. Um, You can see the logic between Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs. MGM are going to be pushing these out because obviously you've got Hannibal Rising coming into the uh, cinema screen very soon this year. In terms of what Fox are bringing out, well, let's be honest, the fly is probably the best thing, but dude, where's my car? Please.
2: So, hopefully, HD DVD will make some firm announcements, but we do have some plans for 2007, which were announced at the Consumer Electronics Show this week. So, what what have they announced on HD
3: DVD? Well, there is actually some really good um, titles being announced. Um, of all companies that have actually done the announcement, it's Warner's, who seems to be, let's be honest, one of the major companies for both HD and Blu-ray. They have lots of decent titles coming out we have the announcements that the departed um happy feet blood diamond we are Marshall. we also have some of the catalog titles which will include all of the matrix franchise all of the harry potter films and oceans 11 and 12 because oceans 13 is coming out this year we also have a couple of classics from steve mcqueen in the shape of bullet and the getaway and for those people who lust after either angelina jolie or or Rosario Dawson. We also have Alexander revisited the unrated final cut.
2: Yeah, I can't think who this person is that likes Angelina Jolie. It kind of just goes over my head that one. But they all, they've all sent in some hit TV series to appear on HD DVD in the coming year, and uh, at least two of these really float my boat. We've got Battlestar Galactica seasons one and two, The Sopranos. And original episodes from Star Trek, which have all been digitally remastered, so really looking forward to some of them.
3: It's quite an interesting collection if you think about it. The Star Trek and the Battlestar Galactica are going to really appeal to the science fiction fans out there. I can think of at least one forum member who will be having uh, uh, miniature yelps of excitement regarding Battlestar Galactica. In terms of the Star Trek, the original series, I'm I'm not sure if that's probably the best choice, but The Sopranos has been very good for um, HBO on DVD and is a very popular show, so that's not really a huge shocker.
2: Now, a lot of talk on the forums at the moment, especially coming from the Blu-ray fanboys at the moment, saying, oh, look at all these announcements that we're getting on uh, Blu-ray at the moment, and hardly any announcements for HD-DVD. They're not right, are they?
3: I suppose it depends on your viewpoint. The announcements are plentiful. The movies are absolute crap. I mean, if you can get excited about a movie such as Alien vs. Predator, then really the lobotomy scar is probably well hidden.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're being a little bit uncruel there, Seth. But um, I guess what I was trying to say was um, Warners, who support both um, they obviously released HD DVD well in advance of Blu-ray, and obviously they're, they're now playing catch-up. So we've got quite a few announcements coming from Warner for titles which are already available in HD DVD. Like you say, looking through the uh, the projected 2007, the first couple of months. Not a great deal of titles in there that I'd be going spending money on.
3: No, I mean, if you think about it, the Blu-ray announcements from uh, Warner Brothers, um, which are the Goodfellas, Dirty Dozen and Enter the the Dragon, have already been out on HD uh, DVD for quite a few months now already. So, as you say, they're playing catch-up. In terms of the big announcements that we were expecting, Warner Brothers have really brought out the big guns for the year. with the Harry Potters and the Matrix franchise, which people have been waiting for. And then you've got The Departed, which is um, the Martin Scorsese movie. Like I say, Matt Damon's in it. It's going to be a huge title for the year. And then Happy Feet, computer-generated movie, it's going to look absolutely stunning on the format. So while you can argue that Blu-ray may have the quantity of titles, I think the quality speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, and just uh, coming back to Harry Potter there, I don't know if everybody's aware or not, Harry Potter was delayed in the U.S., but if you pop down to HMV or Virgin, you can actually pick it up in this country. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And we've uh, we've had a look at this disc and I've got to say the transfers absolutely fabulous. So if you want a new HD DVD disc to spin in your new players, then that's our recommendation for this week uh, from the releases so far. So anyway, thank you very much, Seth. Uh, that's
1: all we've got time for for the DVD news this week. And we'll have the same again next week. For the biggest and best DVD and HD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. This week's DVD reviews.
0: Okay, I recently had the opportunity to check out the new Samuel Jackson movie, Snakes on a Plane. There's been plenty of web gossip about this one. I'm sure everyone's heard about it. And to be honest, when I first heard about it, I had no idea it was about snakes on a plane. I thought it was a, a catchphrase for perhaps terrorists taking over a plane, but it is indeed about snakes on a plane. It's utter B movie nonsense, but so utterly ridiculous that it's very, very enjoyable. And couple that with the fact that it's got, of course, Samuel Jackson, who is eternally cool. Uh, it turns out to be a thoroughly fun. Action romp with some like 400 odd snakes used in the production amongst the CGI ones. This really, really good fun. Heartily recommended. The DVD release, which I believe the UK release actually just beat the US release, comes with a bucket of extras. Uh, there's a commentary. There's some deleted scenes which are watchable but nothing particularly special and then there's um, a blooper reel which is very funny. And there are plenty of featurettes, there's there's one that that dissects uh, how they did all of the snake stunts, and how they used CGI because some of the snakes didn't move, and uh, the size of some of the snakes, that's quite good. But the better one is probably the one that dis- discusses how the web interest in this film actually changed the nature of the movie, and how I think its new line went back and refilmed scenes some six months after the final edit, uh, including scenes with Samuel Jackson, to re-include lines and ideas that fans wanted to see in the movie. And it's clear it's a fan-driven movie. Um, and as such, I think fans will really appreciate it. It's well worth checking out. In terms of video quality, um, the transfer is absolutely superb. Uh, snakes on a Plane was a mishmash of a f- uh, cut and then re-edits later on, and you can tell that occurs, but that's no, that's nothing against the transfer because it does its job well. In terms of sound, uh, we get Dolby and DTS in their uh, ES and EX extended uh, enhanced versions and um, they sound pretty superb. I wouldn't say that they sound better than some of the best standard 5.1 tracks out there, but they're pretty spot on. Um, And overall I would give the package an 8 out of 10.
4: Right, well finally um, I got the chance to sit back and enjoy all of season 2 of Doctor Who Uh, David Tennant's stint so far as the Doctor. I had lots of mixed feelings about this while it was on TV. For every good episode that came along there seemed to be several which were absolutely juvenile and purely childish and ridiculously stupid. Usually the ones are written by Russell T. Davis. I hate saying that T in the middle. So from now on he's just Russell Davis, okay? But watching them all back again now. Yes, the beginning the Christmas invasions and New Earth at the start are boring and silly beyond belief. Then he hits the ground running and it, unbelievably it's Russell Davis who wrote it. It's Tooth and Claw, the one about the werewolf. Brilliant, brilliant story, loved it. It's one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes ever. And uh, very exciting. Pushes the boundaries of family viewing as well. Then we segged into into um, another good couple of episodes. School Reunion, which of course had Elizabeth Slayton, um, Sarah Jane Smith. I used to have a crush on her from the Tom Baker days. Um, she came back in and was absolutely marvellous. K9 was there too. Uh, not so to fussed on the the robot dog, but then again, it's a bit of nostalgia, isn't it? The season then took on a whole new dimension by bringing back the Cybermen, the rebooted, rethought out Tonka toy, extremely muscle bound things they wear this time around. Not not as clunky, although I'm not not sure about the way they stomp around the streets. I was kind of reminded a lot of um, the prison boots from Red Dwarf. But tremendous double-headed episode. Fantastic, very exciting, the parallel universe. Rose Tyler, uh, again, Billy Piper, really you know, comes into her her own with this season. We kind of knew that she was going to go out, uh, much as we knew that Christopher Eccleston was going to leave the first season. And I think this is a bit of a mistake because where the first season had a driving narrative of doom, we sort of knew it was all geared towards um, a, a crushing finale. Well, this one, again... We know what's going to happen at the end, but the sense of irredeemable doom and, um, you know, this is tragedy, we're heading towards something which we can't interfere with, isn't really there, because for every gruelling couple of episodes, you then had a really totally stupid one. And, of course, the most stupid episode of all would have to be Love and Monsters, written by Russell Davis. This is the one that didn't really feature Doctor Who at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It was about... It was quite clever. It was a brave misstep, really. But you had Peter Kay, a great, great comedian, playing the Absorbel off. <laughs> Basically, it, this one split the audience, didn't it, really? Uh, I want to like it, but I I can't bring myself to It's so silly and daft. And where's Doctor Who? Um, but, again, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that Russell, Russell Davis seems to want to throw in there. He's got some talents he's working towards, and... Okay, we'll, we'll give we'll give him a chance on that one. The series, of course, did end on a huge, big, um, exciting doubleheader. What more could you ask for? Cybermen, Daleks, a big face-off, laser beams flying everywhere, Carnage ensues, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and watching it now again on disc, brilliant. <laughs> Russell T. Davis, of course, he wrote it as well. I can't believe it, but, you know, he did. And it's a great, great final uh, two-parter. Um, the discs themselves, we have a fantastic 5.1 surround on it. Now, without a doubt, these shows, when they were first first conceived and produced, they had 5.1 in mind all along, because right from the way it go, you're totally immersed in a really, really dense, thick, wide soundscape. You have lots of stereo around the, the rear speakers. You have brilliantly uh, immaculate presentation of M- Murray Gold's brilliant soundtracks um and lots and lots of uh, atmospheric stuff taking place on the last podcast I made a slight gaff I stupidly remarked that the my favorite episode tooth and claw from the original volume one standalone sorry volume two standalone disc but it's just um, a, a two channel surround track I couldn't wait to hear the 5.1. And then when I first got hold of this box set, I put that disc in right away. And I mustn't have either engaged my brain and my ears or engaged the amp and the speakers because I said last time that it didn't do it justice. Well, I was talking out of my backside, folks, because it actually is brilliant. There is a great scene of the werewolf stalking around the library where the Doctor, Queen Victoria and Rose have hauled themselves up in, in Sanctuary and the werewolf does prowl around from speaker to speaker, growling and snarling over your shoulders, and it's great, great atmospheric stuff. So I don't know where I was coming from last time, because trust me, it is a storming soundtrack. And that goes for all the episodes as well. Now, the actual picture quality, again, th- there was a time when you thought of TV shows on disc, they were they were terrible. It was like an ugly, an ugly phrase, it's a TV show, and it's on disc, Ooh, it's going to look horrible. Not so now, of course, in the in today's age of 24 Lost Deadwood Carnival, because this is it's 1.78 to one. It's anamorphic, and the picture is blisteringly good. Some episodes look a lot sharper than other ones, but I think that's not, not that's not down to the transfer. That's down to the um, the photographic uh, theme that they're trying to adopt for certain episodes, which look a little bit softer, a little bit more hazy. But overall, I have to say, and I I watched these. Um, on a 52 inch LCD screen and I upscaled to 1080i and they looked absolutely magnificent colour f- literally throbbed from the screen uh, they were really really impressive detail I mean you could see all the spots that Billy Piper was trying to hide You can, uh, especially look out for the uh, in, in the final beach scene of, uh, of the final episode, look out for the guy who's loitering behind the Land Rover who shouldn't be there, you see his foot stray out from behind one of the wheels you can quite clearly see this on, on on these discs, doesn't get mentioned in the air, the copious um, commentary tracks which feature across all the episodes all good fun, usually involving the writers a director and some of the cast, very very good five episodes actually have um, an in-video commentary track which is just a skew little box in the bottom right hand corner where you you literally just see the the participants as they view their reminiscences and their anecdotes all of them good value, all of them great um, other extra features across the discs you have, very, very well worth it, is the 85-minute video diaries by David Tennant, which is really, warts and all, good fun, um, and especially when you contrast that with Billy Piper's <laughs> scanty five-minute video diaries, which just reveals absolutely nothing. You know, it re- that, They really are good stuff. You have, as well, some deleted scenes, you have some outtakes, yeah, tick them or leave them kind of thing. You also have the children in need special um what else do you have there's, there's a few other little odds and sods. of course you have the cut down doctor who confidential documentaries which usually aired after the episodes have been on which give you a bit more background and insight into each particular episode and, and once again you know that it's 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 a good overall package um it's a it's better than the season one package certainly and as a whole Although I think the the main thrust of Season 1 was perhaps better directed, Uh, there was a a, a better sort of... uh, it was leading up to something which we knew and it worked as a cohesive set of episodes. Season 2, although the episodes I like, I like far more than anything seen in Season 1, overall the season meanders a little bit more than it should do. Uh, But, you know, for Doctor Who completists, for Doctor Who fans, you've know, you got to have this box set. If you bought the original standalone ones, throw them away, get this one, because get it for the soundtrack. It is absolutely awesome. The 5.1 really, really does bring home the bacon. So, for me, Doctor Who, the complete Season 2, gets a resounding thumbs up. Overall, I would give it, well, it would get a solid 8 out of 10.
1: For more DVD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. This week's Roundtable Discussion. So welcome along to our
2: first Roundtable for 2007. And we thought, what better way to start than to have a look at the year ahead, whether it be at the cinema or on DVD discs. So we're going to discuss what we're really looking forward to in the coming year. And we'll start off with Chris Macanini, as we always do. So Chris, what are you looking forward to in 2007?
4: Uh, well, straight away there's uh, there's two titles looming on the horizon. Um, at the cinema, one of course is uh, the, re- the triumphant return of Rocky Balboa. You may scoff; a lot of people are doing it at the moment. In work, I've been I've been ridiculed and lampooned quite badly for for like, chanting Rocky and singing I am the Tiger. But I'm well and truly looking forward to it. I love the Rocky movies. Rocky 1 was a great, great film. Um, Stallone proved he had a lot of talent there. Oh, oh, you've got the Oscars to prove it as well. Rocky 2, a great, great rematch. Great uh, training montage. Good stuff. Rousing. Got you going. Rocky 3, things began to get a bit silly. But, um, you know, I love it. It's great. Uh, it's just club-along, awesome stuff. Rocky 4, well, it's a load of old clag, isn't it? But we still love it. It's great. Rocky 5, Uh, rubbish, it's just absolute rubbish, Rocky 6, well, God, how old's the guy now, he's 60, it's an exhibition bout, he's going to go back in the ring, I think it sounds brilliant, I think think the world is ready for another Rocky movie, I want to see him, you know, pushing that Zimmer frame up the uh, Philadelphia museum steps, it's going to be great, I really, really can't wait for that, and the other one would have to be the mighty Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, uh, how many weeks at number one in the states? How much controversy is it courted already? It's nothing but barbaric ritual sacrifice. Um, ancients sort of takes on the My Wounded Knee massacre. You have blood and carnage aplenty. But apparently, I mean, we've seen what he did with Braveheart. He is a great director of uh, of big battle scenes, and can tell a, a quite internal and emotional um, story as well. He's doing it in ancient Mayan language. Uh, it, we've just had The Passion of the Christ as well, so he's proved that he's, he can still be really, really uh, out there and controversial. And the violence in this one is is supposed to break new bounds altogether. I really can't wait for it.
2: The one thing I, I love about Gibson is that he has an—he uh, certainly has an eye for uh, cinematic pictures. Everything it fills the screen in, in two forty to one, and it always looks absolutely pristine. And I've seen the trailers for um this this new film and it looks absolutely lush the scenery looks looks brilliant
4: and he's done some apparently some pretty amazing tricks um with, with the actual action as well he's put cameras in very unusual places he's done very strange things that haven't been attempted before cinematically and he did that of course with braveheart in the battle scenes there created whole new stunts he found ways of you know getting that carnage on the screen and making it believable and you know he, apparently he's done the same thing here, so it it does look absolutely awesome. <laughs> I really can't wait. The guy's proving to be a, a bit of an idiot um off the camera, and uh, you know, but we won't go into his politics allegedly and his, his his strange habits but um movie making wise yeah i I think we're on to a winner there so that's um they're my first two anyway for uh, for the end uh, of course they're cinematic. Um, So has anyone else got any ideas about what's forthcoming?
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, the fourth Die Hard movie in terms of sequels. um, I've been really waiting for Bruce Willis to uh, do something memorable of late and I've enjoyed a few bits here and there like Tears of the Sun but Live Free or Die Hard looks looks a business and the idea of tacking along his son into the storyline doesn't look too bad so I'm looking forward to that Uh, other sequels I'm looking forward to Born Ultimatum that's gotta be a big one for me I don't know where they're gonna take it but I'm looking forward to it still away from the book hopefully Yeah, well, it's going to be good, whatever they do, I'm sure. Uh, And in terms of new movies, Transformers. I know that's... uh, I don't know whether that's something that everybody's going to agree with. I know it's Michael Bay, but uh, I loved the show when I was a kid, and um, they'd thrown enough money at it to maybe make it look good. And with Empire boasting the new... the cover of Optimus Prime, which yeah. is the first glimpse everyone's seen of it, uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm getting that anticipation running inside me.
2: Mo- moving <laughs> back it? to uh, to Die Hard, um, it's a fourth film now. It, do you think we're, we're maybe, or, or Hollywood's maybe running out of ideas? Because looking back on on 2006, apart from the odd exceptional uh, movie here and there, ideas seem to be thin on the ground at the moment, don't they?
0: I th- I think we are going cashing in. Uh, on previously established franchises because it's a guaranteed source of income. There's so many sequels coming out at the moment. Um, That said, there's sort of a group of actors who used to do great, action movies, He used to do uh, sort of classic movies, particularly in the 80s like Sly coming back with his Rocky 6 and Rambo 4. Um, Yeah, Rambo. I I kind of like the idea of them coming back to what they did that made them their name. And for me, Bruce Willis, uh, Die Hard. It was the first movie I saw with him and uh, he was instantly that that character. And so, um, given everything he's done recently, his sort of fight to come back to become um, as popular perhaps as he was
4: before, uh, I'm quite happy to see him return. I can see him as Rocky, I can see him as Rambo <laughs> well, I, thought, I hope he doesn't grow his hair again, Like, but I can see him as those characters again Bruce is getting better the older he gets, he's looking harder he's looking leaner, stronger um, but Harrison Ford though, I don't know he, he looks so haggard and I just can't see him cracking that whip anymore
3: Mm. So,
2: Seth, what are you looking forward to in
3: 2007? Uh, the big movie of the year is the obvious one that uh, my colleagues have failed to mention. Uh, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 3. Oh, yes, yes. Um, what more can you want? Goblin, Sandman, Venom, possibly the Black Cat. Um, Sam Raimi has basically upped his ante on on the the Spider-Man movies that have come out so far. Um, I can't see him doing anything wrong. Um i think that you know this will be the blockbuster um for marvel and f- obviously for the studios um but then you've also got the damp squib that could be the fantastic four sequel as well um it looks it looks interesting but it depends on how f- they stick to the um the comic book it sh- it has to have certain elements Um, And if they don't have it, it's just not going to work and you will get a backlash from the comic book fans.
2: So is it only me that's getting really depressed with Hollywood at the moment? Because all we're getting is these uh, churning on, these franchise, new films here and there. We've discussed them up until now. There must be some new talent coming around this year, is there not? Is there nothing there that's that's sort of grabbing your attention and thinking, well, yeah, that could be a bit different, that could be interesting... Um, uh.
3: I think I'm looking forward to seeing The Good Shepherd, actually, for, for several reasons, not least because Angelina is in it, um, Robert De Niro, Matt Damon, um, Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, you know, we are talking some serious cinematic weight there.
4: Yep, I agree. <laughs> to, to be honest, I, I, I wish I had uh, my copies of Total Film and Empire right now, because... I can't really see past the nose on the nose on my face as to what's coming out. The, the, the biggies, yeah, Spy, *Spidey* three. Sadly, we've got *Pirates of the Caribbean* Part Three as well. Although, I know that once the hype machine rolls into town, I'm going to leap on that one again, as I always do. Uh, is that coinciding with *Spidey* three? It is, isn't it? Sorry, I think man. it is, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to be a right mess when it comes to all the merchandise coming out. I'm, gonna I'm actually trying. Me. I'm desperately trying to find you release dates.
3: Um. Well, they're for both going to be May, aren't they? Hang on a second. I'm, I'm working my way back, so I've got them all. The problem is, is um, unfortunately, we are talking huge sequelitis here. If you just bear me a second, I will tell you some of the sequels that you will have to endure. There's um, mm. Rush the Hour 3 coming out, isn't there? Shrek 4? Well, oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, it's. I was going to Shrek say... Shrek 3. <laughs> um, I hate to break this to you, The Hills of Eyes 2 is out in March, but... who Who's directing that? Um, and Martin Weiss, oh, um, but on the same day, certainly for the states, um, we have David Fincher. Hopefully, going to bring out Zodiac, which oh, could yeah. be um, a, a major, major movie for the year. Yeah, I'm really um, looking
2: forward to that one. I we love Fincher's, Fincher. uh, Fincher's way of putting stuff on on the film. It's, fight Club is still one of my my all time favorite films. So I'm really looking forward to
4: that. We've also got a big hype of, a of 300 group. as well. Oh, how did we forget that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. three hundred. That, that, that's really, really. I don't know how I neglected to mention that one before, but yeah, that that's looking really tasty. That one, absolute blood, snot, and carnage are plenty. Yeah, has I anyone read the book? The, by the way,
0: yeah, I picked up the Frank Miller hardcover for yeah. that one. It looks. I mean, it's 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 told in huge pages that yeah. just have no dialogue almost entirely in them. But it looks really, really good. It's just one big fight
4: where everybody like, dies. Apparently, so it follows that pretty faithfully as well. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. From it, and it does look like an absolute limb lopping frenzy. Yep. Can't mate. We but, need more films like that. For how to depress you in one easy
3: move. The same month that that comes out, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie.
4: Uh, yeah, well, well, we have, we're not going to go and see it, are we? No, because we have taste, I hope. Um, One of us will end up reviewing it, of course. but uh, you know, I wonder excited. who that will be. <laughs> oh, dear. Because <laughs> you're uh, so entertained of late. I'm sure but, I can find something to wax lyrical about with the turtles as well. That's it, I'm, I'm probably sure but you But about will. 12
3: pages. Wax lyrical <laughs> and turtle would probably be a very bad pun.
2: So it's it's all looking very interesting for the cinema. Have we forgotten any Seth before we move on?
3: Oh, there there is loads of titles that one could mention. Um, one for you, obviously, Phil Hot Fuzz, the sequel, indirectly, I suppose, right. to Shaun of the Dead.
2: I've got to say, I really am looking forward to that. I've got I watch the trailer at least once a once a week because it it really does look um, like it's yeah. it's going to you know be up there with Shaun of the Dead in in terms of comedy, and obviously a subject matter which is close to my heart as well.
4: Because you've got some hot fuzz, haven't you? Let's not go there. In so many ways,
3: let's not go there. (laughs) Um, 28 Weeks Later, the hot sequel to 28
4: Days Later. More Uh, zombies. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 3. We have brushed over that one. Yeah,
2: we
3: mentioned that one. Well, uh, we'll... we'll Fresh, uh, but uh, how okay. about o- it, it? Could be great. But mm. I have my doubts. But but again, let's spot these the trend here. Oceans Thirteen.
4: Naughty, naughty. Mm.
2: So let's leave the cinema there, um, and let's move on to uh, DVDs that are due out in the coming months this year. And I know the big one uh, that everybody's going to be looking forward to, especially Chris, is Casino Royale. So let's start with Casino.
4: Yeah, well, basically I can't wait for that. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can actually pre-order it now, can't you? It's um, on Blu-ray and standard. Yes, yes, I can't wait for that. I, I wonder if it's going to be extended in any way, shape or form because that torture scene was meant to have been slightly trimmed. So I wonder if any uncut version will surface in any of the regions. Um, and extras-wise, not like there could be all sorts, couldn't there? I mean, it's a huge, big movie. There'll be lots of behind-the-scenes footage, especially filmed for documentaries. Uh, it'll be, almost certainly be a Daniel Craig commentary track as well. And I, I was well, I just wishful thinking on my part. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I think you can guarantee that there'll be a features-packed um, disc. So, yeah, can't wait for that one. Any others, guys? Well, I'm looking forward to, and it sounds like an odd thing, but I'm looking
0: forward to the release of... 24 season 6, because I assume that's going to come out in August after it's finished playing. Um, I always wait and watch them on DVD, uh, mainly because I don't have satellites. satellite. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's always got deleted scenes. You can always watch them reintegrated into the episodes. And it's, uh, for me, really very, um, very thrilling viewing. So that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to later in the year.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same... Uh... I don't watch t v until it comes out on on d v d really looking forward to lost season three, which we should see round about the summer time, if not early august um anything taken your interest, Seth no okay then <laughs> so we'll move on <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I'd be lying if actually anything really has taken my interest um I think. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's coming out uh, as we've already said is kind of typical uh, Hollywood crap just recently Um, I suppose things that I'm going to be interested in um, sort of January Chicago Blu-ray because I like Chicago Um, I would really like to see a high definition version of The Matrix actually make its appearance um, just because I love the movie and I would really really give Chris his left nut to uh, get 7 on HD I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. loo- I I don't don't, lose my arm I'd his. give the other nut
4: if I could get a <laughs> of a coffee as well
3: <laughs> So let's move on to
2: HD because HD really is going to rule the roost in 2007 um, we're looking forward I think to um, the format battle and maybe at the end of 2007 we'll have a winner but um, in terms of HD what, what are you guys looking for um, in, in terms of movies uh, uh, and HD experience in general
3: casino,
2: Well,
4: I, I want everything in some sort of high-definition format, whether it's HD or Blu-ray. I, I, I want a lot. Um, I have the screen. I want to be able to watch them properly on a player and have every title that comes out. That would be great. That would be my dream. But um, I, I don't know. There's nothing particularly that I want to see enhanced in any special way shape or form i just want to. i just want the movies in the best possible um clarity and definition whether it's for the action-packed scenes of a a, a new blockbuster or for the just for a quieter more intimate movie but with a a really you know um, gobsmacking picture
2: well i mean hopefully we're going to see um um the blu-ray side of of interactivity added to the discs hdvd already already has it um and it and it's one area until recently I'd, I'd never really taken much notice of but some of the features on hd dvd um are, are astounding uh you can watch the film you can bring up um uh, on the fast and the furious you can actually bring up insurance quotes during the the car chases <laughs> to see how much damage is actually being caused to the cars um you can actually bring up uh, 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 GPS so you can see where the cars are in relation to the city that they're, they're racing in. And you can also bring up the behind-the-scenes stuff on the screen as well, which, you know, these are all features which Blu-ray sadly doesn't have and, and isn't taking much um, interest in at the moment. So, um, so that,
4: that's the gap so far with the discs, discs that have been coming out, because they did. The extra space, the extra capabilities, they've not been really taking advantage of that at all, have they? Well, so that, well, that's something that we should be looking forward to. Uh, the advent of people have finally you know, embraced one format or the other, and the studios are then beginning to really, really stock these discs up with you know, added value.
2: So let's move things slightly back on tangent and let's round things up for today. 2007, um, what is the one thing that you guys really are looking forward to? And we'll start with Chris.
4: HD. Uh, that, that, that's that's what I want. I want to get get going on a on, on some sort of some sort of high definition format to really enjoy the movies that I love. And um, movie wise, um, certainly on disc, I would like to see the original Dollars trilogy coming out on on HD. Um, and I'm hoping that a lot more vintage horror movies will make an arrival on disc of some some uh, format or other. At some point in this year, last year was great for uh, for my particular fondness for the the older movies, and uh, I hope there's more than coming out in, in in spruced up editions. That would be nice.
2: And we'll move on to Cars. Kaz. Kaz, what are you looking forward to in 2007?
0: Well, I'm also looking forward to HD um, HD for everything. I'm looking forward to uh, to Halo 3. Um, in terms of movies, we've already been over a lot of these, but if I had to pick just one. I'd probably have to go for the uh, the cinematic release of Transformers. And uh, in terms of DVD releases, um, I'm afraid I'm probably going to have to go for Casino Royale, just because I've gone and got all the other Bond movies. Now I just want that uh, last disc to round them off.
3: Seth? <laughs> um, movies like Seven I'd really like to see. Um, I really want to see The Matrix finally come out. I would Um, really actually be really sad and like to see obviously tomb raider 2 come out because the uh, the tomb raider 1 um, hd versions were absolutely abysmal um movie wise um, i'm going to be really off off the norm here i think and say i'm looking forward to halloween directed by rob zombie
2: myself i've got to say i'm rather disappointed with what's coming up this year um just looking through the listings and um, for me, I'll go and see Gibson's new movie. I absolutely love the way he films stuff. And, um, yeah, HD, which format will win? I don't really care as long as we get to see HD material in one form or another on our on our screens and get to review the stuff. That's that's what we're looking forward to, I think, in 2007. So my thanks to Kaz Harlow, Seth Gecko, and, of course, Chris Macanini. And that's been our look-forward to 2007. Brought to you by
1: AV Forums and AVPlay.com. You're listening to the AV Podcast, and that wraps up the software edition of AV Podcast. This
0: is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends.
1: The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Curzgrove. The AV Play Review team were Chris Macanini, Cas Harlow, Simon Crust, and Seth Gecko. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.